Welcome back to the Portage Health Foundation podcast. My name is Michael Babcock. I am your host for this uh, podcast here at the Portage Health Foundation in Hancock, Michigan. Um, we have a really exciting guest here. Um, one of my favorite things about being a podcaster is getting introduced to famous people. And that's what we get to do today with filmmaker Nicole Bowers-Wallace. Um, Nicole Bowers-Wallace is the um, executive producer. Is that the right title, Nicole? Yes, that's one of them. Yep, titles. Yep. One of the many titles, and that's I guess that's what happens. But anyways, you were the director, producer, everything else to do with the film Ring of Silence, which is something that we're going to be uh, producing a big event for on February 8th. That's a Tuesday night um, at Hancock Central High School with a reception at 5.30, movie screening at 6.15, and a question and answer session to follow with some local experts in the topic of human trafficking. Um, and usually it's really exciting to talk to somebody about movies because you're like, oh, we're going to talk about big flashy things, big funny things. But this is actually a really serious topic um, because you guys dive into human trafficking as a whole, um, which is something we started to work with the UP Human Trafficking Task Force earlier this year. I mean, I'm sorry, late in 2021 um, to bring some events to the Copper Country and make people more aware of the issue. And um, before we go any further, I do want to mention that we, we hosted those three events. We hosted one in Paraguay, one in Antanagan, and one here in Hancock. And we actually had um, a couple people come forward after those events and, and say that they um, they were involved in human trafficking situations. And uh, for all of us here, it made us take a really large pause because it, it this event the, or this topic is one that people want to act like doesn't exist, but um, it, it does exist. And it is a really serious issue. And the fact that we had um, a couple people come forward after those events um, made all of us realize how important this topic is, and and you know we're we're going to have this film screening, um, but we're also going to be doing more about that with Portage Health Foundation in the coming uh, weeks, months, years. So this is not a topic that's going to be one and done. You're going to see more of this. Uh, anyways, we are here with filmmaker Nicole Bowers Wallace, and let's talk to her. Um, so Nicole, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Um, how long have you been in the film business? Um, yeah. Yeah, I've been in the film business for uh, 15 years now. Uh, I absolutely love telling stories and I love the opportunity that we have um, of using, you know, the screen to tell these messages, especially like one that we're talking about today. It's just a powerful tool and I feel very privileged to be able to do it. Uh, I do live in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, I love Michigan. Um, I have gone to a few of the events and and been working with Stephanie now with the UP and I'm um, I love what's going on out there and the fact that what you just shared I just have to say that right off the bat that you shared that you had some screenings and you had people come forth and I tell you every time we show this film anywhere it seems that somebody has some connection so I'm just really grateful for what you guys are doing up in that area so but yeah I love film and um, I'm married I have uh, three adult kids. And I uh, keep doing this, so. I love it. I love it. You're following your dream as a filmmaker, too, which I think is really um, amazing to, to do something like that. You're so passionate. You did mention Stephanie. I just want to give people um, that are listening a chance to um, kind of get updated on that. Stephanie, we're talking about Stephanie Graff, the president of the Upper Peninsula Human Trafficking Task Force. Um, they're one of the groups that we're working with to host this event on February 8th, along with um, the Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan Foundation and Dial Help. Um, some pretty amazing organizations. If you want to know more about the event, uh, phfgive.org slash ring of silence. You can go there. Um, so, Nicole, um, this is a really touching topic. Before I dive into this movie specific, I want to ask you, you know, you're a filmmaker. Most people kind of do, not most, a lot of people go into more fun and exciting, or not fun, but like lighthearted things with film. But you chose a very different angle. You chose to really dive into important issue here. And I've seen some of your other things on, you know, looking at your, um, looking up online. Why do you choose to use this as a way to talk about important issues? 
You know, I think um, you make a really good point here. I think um, I never in a, my wildest dreams ever thought I would ever do a film on human sex trafficking. In fact, I think if anyone asked me, that would be something I would never want to do a film on. But I, I tell you, when I was approached by um, Patty Higgins um, out of Flint, and she's uh, a member on the Genesee County Human Trafficking Board Task, uh, task Force, um, and she asked me to put something like this together, I said, I needed to do some research because I didn't know anything about it. And I think what I thought it was, was something that was happening in other countries. It was something that you might hear once in a while, somebody being snatched off the side of the road and you might hear something about it. I thought it was more like that, but I did offer to do some research. And once I did that research, I actually went to the FBI was the first thing that I did. And I, and I spoke to the FBI in great detail about this whole CD underground industry. And once I found out how this was happening and the scope and the size and the impact it was making in our communities, there was no, I knew I had to do it. I mean, I had no choice. I knew I had to get this message out. I had teens at the time. If I didn't know this was happening, I knew that there were many parents that didn't know what was happening. And it became something that I was just passionate about getting this message out. So it went from I don't think I'd ever want to do this to, I have to do this. And uh, it just was, you know, it just was kind of meant to be, I guess. Excellent. And like when you're doing that research, um, you know, what kind of things did you find out that really moved you? What kind of, what kind of like little bits and pieces or, or talk, especially talking with the FBI has had to be a really interesting experience. You know, first of all, um, of course, one of my questions was, um, how is this happening? Right. This was, I don't under, you mean there's the, the, the scope and size of this business It's a $150 billion business is trafficking. The scope and size of that business happening in every um, small town, big towns, cities, you know, everywhere across the U S how is this happening? And I think when I started to realize, and he started to go through that really the internet and um, the internet being this opportunity for predators to come into our homes with our children on their phones to create these relationships. And this is why this business has just become so out of control, um, was really eye-opening to me and how it was happening and how, um, our teenagers were being courted and recruited from predators through this internet opportunity, um, was just amazing to me. So the scope of size, how it was happening, who it was happening to, um, all of it. I, I think I, I was unaware that it was happening like that. Did you, um, and this is, I'm sure this isn't, you're not the only one frustrated by this, but did you get any answers on why it's so hard to stop? I, I imagine, and I, you know, that's not something you're talking about in the, in the movie, because the movie is a feature film. Like you're telling a story, you're going, this isn't like giving a bunch of answers. It was a real character development and everything like that. So, but when you're talking with, you know, officials that are associated with this, do you have any, any answers on why it's so hard to stop? There is because, you know, they're very, very, um, they're very good at what they do, these predators. So they will choose, you know, victims who seem to be weak or seem to be um, depressed or seem to be overly looking for love or whatever it is that teens, you know, regular teens are going through. And so they're very good at sort of picking their, their person. And then they create this um, fear and dependency that they have, fear of what if anyone will know, fear of the, if the police find out, fear of my parents find out. So they create this um, scenario where these victims just feel that they're helpless and there's no one to talk to. And so it's a way of 
it's difficult for law enforcement if people are not necessarily sharing. And a lot of victims do not share their stories. And that's one of the difficulties that we find. Um, and I think one of the frustrations just in general. Yeah. So tell me about when you were, um, you know, you're, you're working on this movie. Um, tell me about the character development. Like, how did you, you know, you just, what I, what I just heard you say um, is probably the main character. You're taking somebody who is a little bit not that confident in all of this. Tell me a little bit about that process and, and what that was like as you watch these characters come to life with the actors. Definitely. You know, we interviewed or I interviewed a lot of victims. So I was really, um, you know, listening to their stories and they really developed the characters. Um, you know, they were, you know, the ones that were in high school, they were, you know, how did they fall to, fall into this trap? And I had story after story after story. Uh, and I took all of those stories and I tried to blend pieces of it to develop the characters. So the characters themselves are not based on any one person. They're based on a lot of stories that I had from Michigan. Most of my victims were from Michigan. Um, so really it was, the victims who really helped, you know, even with the predators, you know, how, what, what did he look like? How did he act? What did he do? Um, how did he get your attention? How did he get your trust? All of that came from, from those, you know, real life stories. Yeah. And, and I, I did watch the preview. I'm, I'm going to be like uh, most people in the building that day and it's my first time seeing the film. Um, and I watched the, the preview the, you know, that's on your website and that, um, and um, there's just this, this great scene of the, of the, the guy and the girl um, at a park, a seemingly empty park. Um, and, and you can see that. Tell me a little bit about that scene. And then um, what, what's going on in there in terms of like the, the process of their relationship at that point? A lot of times, so what happens is um, they will really try to get you to fall in love with them. And, and, and this was a bit story after story with the victims. So they will, you know, do whatever they need to do to the point. And this can take months. It's, it's not like, oh, I'll take you on a date and you're trafficked tomorrow. It's creating these relationships over months. And so it's creating this, oh, he's the perfect guy. He's the perfect person. And that's what that was showing in that in that um, park is that she's falling in love with him. She's starting to trust him. And what will happen is once they get that trust, they tend to turn on a dime. And in one case, to give you an idea, we're talking to a real victim. She said it was at one point that she was in love with this gentleman. He was buying her things. He was treating her like a way that she had never been treated before. And then one day he said, I lost my job. I don't have any money. Um, you know, I don't know what to do. We're not going to be able to see each other anymore. And she was devastated. And then a week later came back and said, well, I think I have an idea of how you can help us stay together. And I, I think if you did this and ended up leading her into a hotel, sleeping with men, and then it just went from there, from there. Um, that's a typical sort of scenario that we find. That's uh, it's, it's just devastating to hear that these um, situations are real. Um, and you brought this film now out to people. It came out in 2019. Um, so you brought this film out to different groups of people. What what kind of impact has it had um, when you've when you've shown it to people? It has been uh, it, it's been it's it's you know kind of blown me away with just how much of an impact it's had. I mean, there's schools that that have taken this and put it into their health curriculum. So every freshman gets this um, education, sees the movie, understands, knows the signs and symptoms, what to look for in other students, knows where to go if they run into problems. Um, it has been shown in community centers, colleges. I mean, it's had an incredible 
reaction. And I think it's made a huge impact in bringing the community together, like the law enforcement, the parents, the students, the schools, administration, everyone on board and coming up with not only being educated, but where do we go from here? What do we do? What policies do we put into place? And um, it's it's been great for that. And to the point that we only show it when we can show this movie to a certain group with an educated panel so people understand the importance of it and where to go from there. So it's very, um, it's done in the way we're doing it with you guys. I mean, this is how we show this film. So it's not something you're able to like get on Netflix or anything like that. It's more so meant to be shown like this. No, we, we started that and then we realized the power and impact it was making with it being very targeted and very specific. And so we have decided this is the way that this needs to happen. So. Excellent. Well, I do want to get a couple of questions about human trafficking as a whole, human sex trafficking. Um, you know, what are what are some of the signs, um, you know, for somebody who is maybe in this kind of situation, some of the signs to look for? Um, all over, we, we hear similar signs. So withdrawal, um, depression, um, uh, bruises, um, tattoos. There's a lot, there's a, a lot of sort of branding that kind of happens in this situation. Um, I would say uh, anger, um, somebody who doesn't have any ID. So all of a sudden you're able to drive and now, you know, you don't have any ID, um, missing school, um, pretty much uh, very alone. Um, pretty much those are the things that when you see a real difference in somebody, all of a sudden that tends to be a sign. If you go from being very social to very introverted, very, you know, yeah. Yeah. What, what kind of things? Um, would you, you know, you know, especially in the schools, I imagine some, sometimes you, you see these things. What, what would you tell somebody who, who, you know, they suspect someone is, is being trafficked? The first, well, what's, you know, there's a national hotline um, phone number. And then there's the, you know, the, the local number with the, um, the task force there. Um, and I suggest people to call, you know, the local number for sure. Um, in fact, I even have that number. Let me tell you, that's 906-299-9243. Uh, um, what I like about that is they're very uh, connected with the law enforcement there. They're very connected with the community. They're very connected in helping the victims. So from a, from a local standpoint, that's great. Then there's also the national number. Uh, and then that number is 888-373-7888. And to get that information out there, but law enforcement, I mean, definitely, um, we hear very often people will say, you know, I didn't know that I thought there was something going on, but I just didn't know. And I didn't, I, I should have called. And I think my thing now is if you see something, it doesn't hurt to make phone calls, you know, don't hesitate. Right. And, um, if, and I want to add one more thing to those numbers too. If you are in an urgent situation, do dial 911 immediately. Absolutely. Uh, but like what you're saying is a lot of these situations aren't, um, immediately obvious emergencies, um, which is why those numbers would be good to call. And, and I will have those in the show notes. So if you're listening to this podcast, um, go back to your podcast player. You can look at the notes there. The numbers will be there, um, as well as on phfgive.org slash ring of silence, where you can find all the information about the event on February 8th. Um, if, so you can find it there. Um, and, and then I wanted to talk a little bit too about um, the, the process of the movie. What was the what was it like for you? Um, you know, this was the first film you directed, right? Fully directed. Yeah, the the feature film. Yes. First feature film. Yeah. Tell me about that process. What was it like to to you know live out that dream of being the the you know the the person in charge of that movie and and screening and filming and casting all that fun stuff. Oh my gosh, it was um, a lot of lessons learned. It was 
way more difficult, I think, than I ever imagined going from a short film to a feature film, um, especially with the topic. It, you know, you think you put all these things in place and all these things you have to do for filming. And then all of a sudden you have this topic and these scenes that are so heart wrenching and so disturbing to even the actors need to take time and walk away because they're so disturbed. In fact, the gentleman that played the, um, the predator in the movie, he, he had a lot of times he just needed to walk away because it was just so deep and so disturbing. So I think, and when you put all of that together, it was, um, it was quite an experience. Yeah. A good experience overall, but, but quite a heart, a hard experience and a heartfelt experience, I guess. Yeah. Where did you guys do the filming for it? Uh, Flint, Michigan, actually. Okay. Um, because the funding for the film came from mostly women um, out of Flint, Michigan, that were just passionate about getting this message out in Flint. And it has just gone beyond, um, just beyond and beyond and, and continues to go into other states and all over. What an awesome thing to have a um, feature film based here in Michigan, the state that you call home. Um, you know, how much how much did it mean to you to be able to, I mean, like you, it's the first movie you're the full director for. It's such a powerful topic. You're, you're in your home state getting to bring, you know, show this, this industry is in our state. What was that whole thing like for you? Amazing. Amazing. You know, to do it, I can't think of a better place to do it in Flint. I mean, the people in Flint are, are, are so um, encouraging, uh, so philanthropic, um, resilient, you know, in Flint. Um, it, it was an amazing experience to be a part of that. And then to have the premiere there, it, it just, the whole thing was, was great. Yeah, tell me about that premiere. I saw the pictures on the website. They looked like a, they looked like a really amazing event. It was amazing. I mean, it it, it was packed. Um, every every seat was sold. We had um, all the actors there. Um, uh, it, it was a really really special night. And uh, of course, every time you show the film, this is the hardest part for me when I show the film. Is once it's done, it, it's like the auditorium is silent. And it's weird because it was this big night, but then once you showed the film, everybody was, what did I just watch? Wow. Yeah. You know, so it's a, it's a, it's a very, it was a, it's always a very interesting sort of dynamic. Yeah. Absolutely. I could, I could definitely see that. Um, so our community here, this is going to be the first time it's played within it. Um, there's a lot of people that, you know, they've, they've, been, they've been hearing the radio ads. They've seen the posts on, you know, Instagram or whatever. Um, they're not sure they're going to come out there. What what kind of thing would you tell them to be like, you need to make sure to get out there? Why, why should they get out there that day to make time for this? This, I, I mean, absolutely, this will make a difference in your life, your children's lives, your grandchildren's lives. Um, you need to come out and see this because this is the way that you understand how it's happening. This is based on true stories. And I think it really does drive home um, what to look for and and just to be aware and it's just something you can start sharing with other people and I just the importance is incredible in our communities so excellent I'm gonna add one editorial comment on that too um, you know I went to the presentations we did they were really um, I mean there it's intense it's intense information you're taking about human trafficking this is a really um, great way to humanize it because you're 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 getting to see the the worst of the situation right there in front of you in a real example of what would happen. Um, so it, it's you know if you're any any kind of interest in trying to learn more about this topic, uh, the the fact that it's a feature film, you get to know these characters, get to you know fall in love with the characters, you get to hate the characters, you get these emotions with these people. 
um, I think will really help people have a better idea of what to talk about. And um, following the film, Stephanie Graff and others will be um, leading a, a question and answer session to talk about this, um, and what it means in our community, what you can do, how you can improve things. Um, and I really hope people make a chance to get out there again. This is on Tuesday, February 8th. Um, 2022, the uh, reception at the 5.30, movie screening at 6.15, question and answer from 8 to 8.30. It's all taking place at Hancock Central High School um, in their brand new auditorium, just opened a few years ago. It's a really cool space, um, and I hope everybody makes a chance to get out there. Nicole, is there anything else you'd like to add before we uh, say goodbye to the listeners? No, just thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. It's great to have, um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm calling you famous person because that's where we're at. So it's <laughs> great to have a celebrity on here and talking about something um, so near to yourself and something so important. So thanks again, Nicole, and we will see everybody on the next podcast.